Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you today for joining me here on Hope Along the Journey. We're just delighted that you have chosen to spend the next 30 minutes with us today as we interview a wonderful young lady who is from Samaritan's Purse. She's going to be sharing an incredible story about what's been going on down in southeastern Kentucky with the flooding. But before we get to that story, I want to thank all of you who are listening for your prayers and support of this ministry. Numbers of you have been reaching out to me. I've been getting your emails and text messages, and I deeply appreciate that. But I would like to invite you, if you haven't yet, first of all, go to our website at hopealongthejourney.org. Again, that's hopealongthejourney.org. And whenever the Stay in Touch sign comes up, would you enter your email address? And that way we can put you on our email monthly newsletter list. Love to have you as part of our newsletter family. Secondly, make sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram if you have either of those social media outlets. We'd love for you to become part of our family there on Facebook or on Instagram. Just look us up at Hope Along the Journey. And then, of course, we'd like to get an email from you. So just shoot us one at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. You see how easy I've made this? The website, the Facebook, the Instagram, the email, it's just all Hope Along the Journey. So if you can get that in your mind, you can find us and you can reach out to us. I would love to hear from you and to hear what you think about the ministry of Hope Along the Journey. I'd also love to know if you have any ideas or topics that you would like to see us cover in the near future. As I promised earlier, we're going to talk today about the flooding down in southeastern Kentucky and the impact that has had on that area. And with me today is a guest from Samaritan's Purse, and that is Carissa Ryan. Carissa, welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you so much for having me today. All right. I just wish everybody could see your smile. You've just got one of those incredible smiles that just makes everybody feel at ease and welcome. So I don't know how we're going to get that out there, but we'll try to snap a picture or something before this discussion is over. But we're glad to have Carissa today. Carissa has been with Samaritan's Purse now for about two years this December. She has served as an assistant program manager with Samaritan's Purse, U.S. Disaster Relief, Prior to this, she served in the Peace Corps in Ukraine, and she has experience working in marketing and community relations. She received her Bachelor of Business Administration from Cornerstone University, and she holds a Master's in Business Administration from Indiana University. She feels privileged to be able to serve others by leading disaster relief work across the country. And she says the favorite part of her job is that it brings physical relief to families who are hurting while sharing the love of Jesus. I love that. I thank you. Thank you for sending this bio, Carissa. I am just so thrilled to have you today 
here on this episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you. Yeah, I I just do feel so privileged that I get to do this every day. Um, and for the people who support the ministry that make that possible, for the volunteers that come out, so many people involved in making a ministry like Samaritan's Purse possible. And it's that ministry to the homeowners getting to provide tangible assistance while also um, having such a focus on sharing the gospel that really is such a gift to get to be part of. I know a lot of us are familiar. No doubt many of my listeners are going to be familiar with Samaritan's Purse, but can you kind of give us like the big picture PR pitch here? Like, so what is this Samaritan's Purse? What is that anyway? Who's the director of that? So could you give just a little more information about that in general for our listeners? Sure. So I think a lot of people, when they think of Samaritan's Purse, they think of Operation uh, Christmas Child, which is the shoe boxes. Yes, yes. So many people across the country participate in that every year. Uh, but there's a couple different components to Samaritan's Purse in addition to that. Uh, we also have a, a world medical missions team that does uh, providing medical care around the world. And there are uh, our projects team, which really works on responding to international crises. Um, right now, there is a big response happening in Ukraine and surrounding countries, um, as well as continuing responses in other areas that we've been working. Um, so it's an incredible ministry doing yes. a lot of different things uh, that the Lord has really blessed us with a lot of supporters, a lot of people who contribute financially and with their time. And through that, we're able to spend a lot of time sharing that with people around the world who are hurting yes. and ministering to them. So the, the department that I work with is North American Ministries. That has a couple components as well. But the okay. one that we're talking about today is U.S. Disaster Relief. And so since Katrina, uh, the responses that we've done have evolved, um, but we look at going into these communities that are devastated by storms. Um, when we find out that the local resources aren't going to be enough to help with that need, uh, then we'll come in and provide that assistance with the cleanup efforts so that homeowners can start that rebuild and recovery process. Um, in some communities, we never want to stop that neighbor helping neighbor. And right. so sure. even when there are certain storms, sometimes by the time we send someone out to take a look, we already see those neighbors driving down the streets in their tractors or doing whatever they need to do to help each other. Uh, but in this case, in the storms that happened in, happened in eastern Kentucky, um, it was so widespread in an area that is still recovering from the floods that happened last year um, and just from other challenges. And so we knew that it was an area that we needed to respond to um, in here. And as well as in St. Louis, we're also responding to the flooding there. And so really trying to, to come in, bringing our volunteers in, as well as we bring in the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association chaplains so that we're not only ministering to the physical needs of those homeowners, but we're also providing that spiritual um, and emotional support because that tends to be the bigger need in a lot of situations Absolutely. when something traumatic yes. like this happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's not, it, it, I mean, it's not just the loss of personal items, but sadly, as in the case with the flooding down in Kentucky, it's the loss of life, and there are people who have lost loved ones, and I, and so I'm sure that grief and loss is compounds the whole situation, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I know 
I've only been doing this for two years, but even speaking with other people who come on site, um, whether they're chaplains or staff or volunteers, there's a sense that this is a, an especially heavy storm and especially heavy season um, because so many people are connected in this community. It is a close-knit community right. that if, if it wasn't your family that was impacted, it was your neighbor or your friend. Mm-hmm. And so not only were there so many lives lost, um, but it, it feels so personal to so yes. many people. Yes. And so that sense of grief and heaviness has definitely impacted mm-hmm. um, impacted how people feel as they interact with this. It, it is hard. And so um, we're seeing that the chaplains are ministering not just to the people in the community, but also sometimes to our volunteers who are coping with what they're hearing. Um, but I think in all of that, it's been so incredible to see the way that from this heaviness, from this grief and from this loss, we're seeing so many stories of how God's working and how this, these are just the things that people needed to know that they needed him in the process or even those, those connections to make of people who are searching and they just needed someone to come in and tell them how they could know more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this storm was the opportunity for that. And so that is the hope in the midst of these storms that are awful and devastating. There's hope in it because we know that God doesn't waste it. He doesn't waste Mm -hmm. these experiences and he still cares about the people here. So Amen. that's the incredible part of that. Oh, that's just so true. That's so good. And I like what you said too about the fact that the chaplains are there ministering to the volunteers too. Because for a lot of people who go and volunteer, it's it's just almost overwhelming for them, isn't it? When they arrive on the scene and they see, especially in a scene like that, where there's been so much devastation, it has yeah. to be overwhelming. It can be. It's hard. Even when you see pictures online, it's hard to, or in the news, mm-hmm. um, hard to really translate to what that looks like in person. Um, and then when you when you start talking to homeowners, then it becomes personal to you because mm-hmm. you've now stepped into their lives right. and you've started building that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I love seeing the way the homeowners and the volunteers connect and the way I'm, I'm just so um, honored to see the volunteers coming in and to get to facilitate them going out because I know they're here to love and love really well. And they're so intentional about how they care for the people that they're serving. Uh, And that, Mm -hmm. I think that shows um, again, in a really tangible way, what it means to love and serve Jesus, that transforming power in our life you see that acted out in the way that they're willing to sacrifice their time and um, their sweat and (laughs) all of that on these job sites, their comfort, uh, Mm -hmm. just things like that, just to be able to love the people that they didn't even know before getting here. And and the whole time you're saying this, Chris, I think about, again, the story of the Good Samaritan. Of course, this is Samaritan's purse. It's a Samaritan's ministry. And you know, and again, the Good Samaritan got down to help a man that he didn't even know and connected with him in a very tangible way. And and I see that, again, I see that whole Samaritan ministry, again, of, of just getting down there, connecting with people that you've never met before, you've never seen before, 
and yet developing those meaningful relationships that they will, and they'll never forget. They will never forget what you did for them during that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we see it's easy to talk about loving people and it's easy to talk about Christianity, but to see people come out and make those difficult sacrifices and again, doing things that most of our volunteers would admit they'd never do to get paid for it. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of jobs that you just don't want to do, but they're willing to come here and do that because they know that that is how they can tangibly show the love of Jesus. And that's just incredible to get to see. I'm, I feel blessed by that. Yes. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, let, let me ask you. So you got in around the 31st of uh, July, something like that, but it was about the first or second of August before you actually got engaged in the community by the time you got set up. So tell me for you, because I'm sure you saw a lot of this firsthand what was it like for you? What did you experience and feel and see as you first laid eyes on what had happened down there in Kentucky? Yeah. Um, I would say, again, for me, this is one of the most difficult storms I've been to mm-hmm. um, because, because you're not just seeing trees down mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, there were things like school buses and rivers, um, homes oh, wow. off their foundations, and and now still people living in tents in their front yard with nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really easy and was really easy to get caught in that overwhelming sense of need mm-hmm. and sure. um, just the grief that mm-hmm. that people are feeling. Um, it they're there's a lot of hurting people here and a lot of people who had just recovered from the flood from last year. I think those are some of the heartbreaking stories too. just bought new furniture, just repaired their home. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that we can do is come into an area like Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. and again, be willing to step into it but we're not carrying the same loss of our homes or other things like that. And so we have the capacity to just let people process and let them Mm -hmm. grieve, Um, especially in a community like this, everyone's trying to take care of each other a lot of times. And so they don't want to talk about what's happened or they compare Mm -hmm. it to, I'm not as bad off as this person. And so again, I think that's a gift that we can give Mm -hmm. them of just letting them share what happened and letting them kind of almost validating the grief that they're feeling. It doesn't have to be a comparison. Mm -hmm. And so it it was heavy coming into that. Uh, I think we as staff talked a lot about how it was impacting us. Um, Definitely shed our own tears for the people here and needed to be able to grieve. Um, But again, I think it's the power of then hearing these stories that come out of it that continue to give me the hope that God doesn't waste things. And again, that he sees and he knows, and even in situations like this, he can redeem that for, for his good works. And so, um, yeah, that, that has been what's been encouraging in the whole process. Yeah. It's the second time you've said that. And I really appreciate what you said about God doesn't waste these circumstances, these situations, but he's redemptive. And out of, the heartache, grief, and loss are coming 
unbelievably some very positive things that are happening as a result. Yeah. Uh, you know, we already touched on, you know, the fact that in times like this, communities are drawn together, you know, in ways that, you know, oftentimes they're not in other circumstances. But when there's this kind of loss and devastation, families and neighbors and people just come together. Um, I'm You and I both are connected and know people at Kentucky Mountain Bible College, and I have been amazed following on their website how their students have jumped in and partnered with you all and others and have jumped into that humanitarian help as well. And what a blessing it has been to see that and to see those young college students stepping in and connecting as well. That is so great. Yeah, we... It's been incredible to see the groups coming out. We're so grateful for that. And we all probably ought to just mention you're still there, aren't you? You're right. What county did you say you were in right now as we're recording this? Right. So currently I'm in Breathitt County. We have a site set up here. There's another site set up in Floyd County. Um, and then I think a lot of people maybe don't always realize that the same flooding that went through also impacted St. Louis. And so we have a third site set up there responding to the same yeah. storm. And so with all of us, we're, we're relying on those volunteers mm-hmm. to come in. Mm-hmm. The more volunteers we get, the more homes we can help. Sure. And the more homeowners we can reach more quickly. Yeah. So I know that's always encouraging to them. What would be, what are like one or two outstanding stories that come to mind when you think about what you've seen? Would you have, be able to share a couple of those stories with us? Sure. Um, so one of the... I think one of my favorite stories so far from this storm is one that just started in such a scary, traumatic way. We had our um, our assessor team. We send out teams first to take a look at the home, make sure it's things we can help with. They met with a family who, as the flooding was happening, found that they were getting trapped in their home. Um, and so they were trying to get to a way that they could get out. And the homeowner ended up Uh, kicking with his toe a hammer that he doesn't remember putting there doesn't believe was in the house they used that hammer to actually break through the ceiling of their home to get out and then they were rescued that way and so i mean such a traumatic experience to have that water rising um and at the time that our team first met with them they talked about like you know Jesus provides a way out from death to, and from that eternal death. And they shared the gospel with them. And at the time that family just wasn't ready for that. Um, but they were someone that we started praying for as a camp and we had people back in our office praying. So by the time our teams went back out to do the work in their house, to help with that cleanup, um, as they started telling this story, they talked about the hole in the ceiling. So we had been there longer, knew, okay, this is the same family that we've been talking about. Um, And as they shared, the family told this team that they thought it was a wake-up call from God and that they knew that they weren't ready the first time, but this time seeing the way that the team was serving and loving uh, and knowing how God had uh, just saved them already, they made the decision to accept Jesus as their savior. And so it's beautiful. Yeah. In that situation, just to know they what could have only be seen as trauma mm-hmm. 
became the opportunity that they needed and that we get to welcome them in the family of God. And so to get to celebrate that. It's a beautiful um, story. It was really, really amazing to see. You don't always see that. Sometimes you just see planting the seeds. Sometimes you just see harvesting. But in that instance, we got to clearly see the progression of that story and know that our volunteers were part of that and part of God working in that couple's lives. And so that's fantastic. that was a pretty incredible story. Um, and then the other, I think in this area, we're finding there are a lot of people who've already put their faith in Jesus already have that relationship. Um, but I remember one homeowner homeowner showed up to, um, the home and she was wearing a t-shirt that said, God is good all the time. Mm -hmm. And she told the team, I know it and I trust it, but I don't see how this can be true right now. I just don't see it. And so I'm wearing this as a reminder to myself. Mm-hmm. And this is probably a couple of weeks into the storm. And so as the as they started talking about what God had been doing here, um, the volunteers who were meeting with them were able to say, it makes sense that you can't see it. And, mm-hmm. and we don't know all the whys, but just in our short time here, this is how many people have already made a decision to follow Jesus. And these are people who decided to rededicate their lives. And both the woman who was there and her daughter Mm -hmm. uh, hearing about those five salvations, it just changed their perspective on it and it didn't fix their home and it didn't change the circumstances they were in, but it changed that perspective and they were so excited. And so I think that too has been encouraging to know that sometimes we just all need to see a little bit of that bigger, bigger picture, Mm -hmm. even if, we don't get the full picture, which we probably never will. Just seeing a little bit beyond that is so helpful. And I've loved that for them, that was the encouragement they needed, mm-hmm. that they knew that there was value in the storm because of that as well. That's great. That it is so beautiful. And it's amazing to see that there is beauty that comes from ashes, you know, and that out of the midst of this, there is there are going to be, and will probably continue to be, some amazing stories that will come out from all yes. of this. So, you know, as, as you, as you share this, Carissa, I'm watching you and this is, this is very meaningful to you, what you're doing, isn't it? You're there, there's a reason why you do this and it tells, can you just share in a very personal way? Why in the world would someone like you be doing what you're doing? What what is that doing for you in your heart and your life? Why is this? Yeah. As I mean, I can even see the tears as they're trying nearly you know, pulling up in your eyes. <laughs> There's this you you this is not a job for you, is it, Carissa? You do this for another reason, don't you? I do. I think that I have been blessed by so much in my life mm-hmm. that um that the blessings that I've had, the privileges that I've had of um, being raised in the family I, I was and coming to know Jesus at an early age, I don't take that for granted. And I think I have the responsibility to do whatever I can to try to love other people and share that hope of Jesus with them. And so, yeah, the privilege, again, of getting to do a job where I, I get to do this every day. I get to see volunteers going out and loving people well. 
and I get to hear the way God is working in people's lives and even the most difficult things. I mean, that's just such an incredible opportunity and not without its challenges at times and not without, um, it's definitely not always conventional, but I, I just can't imagine a better gift of what I get to do with my time right now that I have and to be able to serve God in this way. So. Praise God. And I can't imagine a better person doing it than you, Carissa. Thank thank you so much because your heart and soul is into it. And that's what makes, that's what makes a difference as that we don't do this for a paycheck. I don't do what I do for a paycheck. I mean, we're all thankful for the paycheck, but that's not why (laughs) we do it. There's something more. And that is that our passion, our heart is into it. And it's, and it gives us a purpose and a reason to get up every morning and even do the hard stuff is because that's where our heart and our passion is. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today, Chris. In the next couple of minutes, I'd like for you to tell our audience, like, what are ways, first of all, they could immediately help with the situation there in Kentucky and St. Louis. And then secondly, just maybe how they could get involved with becoming maybe a, a volunteer for Samaritan's Purse. Would you mind sharing a little of that with us? Sure. Not at all. Um, well, I think the main thing that people can do is definitely continue to be in prayer for the families here, uh, for the families, for their recovery, for God to continue opening these doors and for people to be willing to take that next step in their faith with him, uh, whether that's a first time decision for Jesus or a rededication, just that this would be something that they allow God to use in really powerful ways in their lives. Um, but also for those physical needs too. I mean, I think yes. again, we're coming up on winter, people are nervous. So just that God would give each of those families wisdom on what a good next step is for them and for their family. Right. right. Uh, we're also asking for prayer for our volunteers too, that are here um, and our staff, because again, this is, um, this is a, a difficult, difficult storm, a lot of loss and a lot of grief. And so as people are sacrificing their time and listening to these stories, just praying that they would be able to um, be refreshed in the Lord and not, um, not try to do that on their own strength, because I think that's just not possible. Um, If, people are interested in volunteering we would love to have them at this point we still have about 280 homes that we're trying to get to looking at being here at least until the end of october but maybe longer um and with our other sites as well in st louis and in floyd county Mm -hmm. if they're interested they can go to spvolunteer.org that is our website with all of our locations where you can sign up and get more information about volunteering. And again, the more volunteers we have, the more quickly we can reach out to these homeowners and help them get started on their, their road to recovery. Um, and so would appreciate all the help that we can get. Uh, and then too, if people are just interested in learning more about Samaritan's Purse, there we do have our own podcast called On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. And so that doesn't just talk about what we're doing in U.S. disaster relief, but also about 
things that are happening nationally and globally. And so that is a good resource too, if you're interested, not just here, but also in hearing what's going on in other places. That's great. And what is that podcast? One more time, give that out if you would. Yeah. That podcast is On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. On the ground with Samaritan Purse. That's great. I'll have to look yes. for that. I had, was not aware of that yes. podcast. That's great. So, well, thank you so very much. I, I appreciate it. Any closing words you want to say before we wrap it up here today? Um, well, thank you again for having me on the podcast and oh, for helping us keep reminding people about what's happened here. Uh, it's definitely easy as new storms come up, as we watch hurricanes forming um, or just other things happening in life to forget that while our lives may move on, the lives of those here are still deep in the middle of this crisis. And so again, any prayers, any volunteer support, all of that is so appreciated um, as we continue to serve the homeowners here. So thank you so much. And thank you, Carissa. Appreciate it so much. And thank you, listeners, for listening today to this episode of Hope Along the Journey. I appreciate so much you listening today. Would you please pray for the people there that have been affected by these terrible storms and flooding? Keep Samaritan's Purse in your prayers as well. And as I always say and mean with all my heart, today, if you will look to Jesus, Jesus is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to him, he'll help you to find hope along the journey. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about hope along the journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more hope along the journey.